you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija in izinite gregi. The big news this past week is that the government of Zoran Zaev and Ali Ahmeti will no longer allow private entities to use the name Macedonia in the title of their cultural association, business, non-governmental association, sports club, you name it, pun intended. This has, of course, created an uproar, even pitting the former justice minister against Zaev. Naturally, the country and the Macedonian diaspora are in fighting form as Zaev begins yet another assault and humiliation against Macedonia. Related to this is a debate over whether or not to add ethnicity to internal and domestic ID cards. And hate speech towards Bulgaria? The Bulgarian foreign minister, sour old hag that she is, claims this to be the case. But how does one objectively define so-called, quote, hate speech, unquote? This is something that free speech advocates say is impossible to do because it is impossible to do. It is an entirely subjective de definition. Plus, free speech is much more preferable to speech that is criminalized or banned. Just ask anyone who has ever lived in a communist country. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svitan Shalimano from Skopje, Macedonia. And uh, today is Tuesday, the 16th of February. Wow, already halfway through the month. This mm. is episode number 102 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. Uh, I know that you guys had a, a whole bunch of snow and, and Texas cold there this week. Uh, <laughs> We're uh, we're in southern Arizona. It's cloudy today, but it's uh, you know it's nothing nothing like what the rest of the nation or what uh, Macedonia is is going through right now. You you guys there are not affected by the the vortex or what you call it now. The vort yeah no the polar vort vortex missed us. We have different vortexes affecting us, um, and they're in Washington. Uh, mm. But uh, the the uh, the snow, the cold, the uh, the general gloom. Uh, the subjects we're discussing today about yet another humiliation, another attempt by the government of Zoran Zaev to essentially deny Macedonians their right as, uh, as Macedonians, as, uh, as uh, a sovereign nation to call themselves such. Um, my gosh, let's, let's start with the, the, the first one that uh, we mentioned there in the monologue, and that is the that, uh, private entities. So the justice minister has said that he will no longer register uh, legally, uh, an organization, whether it's a business or a, a cultural association, sports club, whatever, that has the name Macedonia in it, or Republic of Macedonia, or even Phyrom, and I, you know, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, I don't know who would do that in the right minds. Um, this obviously has created a, 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 a great amount of anger, righteous anger, I would add, by the citizens of Macedonia, as well as the diaspora. Um, Zaya came out in support, but the former justice minister apparently said mm. no. Um, you know, the so-called Prespa agreement allows um, organizations, businesses, etc., to call themselves 
Macedonia. I'm thinking Svetin of the, uh, the the famous uh, Macedonia 2025, which in four years will probably yeah. need to change its name uh, <laughs> to Macedonia 2030 or something like that. You know, if if they had to re-register their name today, they wouldn't be allowed to do it, correct? Um, it's difficult. I'm not sure because, as you say, you know, the the treaty is relatively out of mind of most Macedonians because we don't use North Macedonia. We sure. don't encounter it, at least not often. Uh, but uh, this is something that would directly affect you, you know, in, in innumerable ways. You you can just you can't register, you know, the Macedonian Chess Association or the Football Association or any kind of, you know, the Tsar's own party is still the Social Democratic Union ah, of Macedonia. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Open, the Soros Institute, which worked so hard to get us here, there's still uh, Foundation Open Society of Macedonia, not of North Macedonia. Right. So it's... Um, these are two organizations which applied to register and they wanted to use the name Macedonia in their name um, late last year. And one of them even wanted to be called, apparently wanted to be called ASNOM, uh, which is short for the Anti-Fascist right. Assembly of uh, People's Re- Liberation of Macedonia, the uh, convention, uh, the Congress of Macedonian Partisans during the Second World War when uh, the statehood was declared uh, of Macedonia, and uh, they were not allowed. <laughs> so right. not only Macedonia, but even Asno was not allowed. Mm. And normally you just register in the central registry. It should be a very quick procedure, uh, especially for private businesses, but also for organizations. But uh, uh, now apparently they made it so that if you're using Macedonia in the name, it goes to the justice ministry. It's a longer procedure. And you're in the end automatically denied. And uh, first of first, we thought they're joking because you know this is so far fetched. It's really uh, you know unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, overreach. Uh, but then the justice minister said, "Yes, we will not allow future registrations." He did not say if they'll they'll be going back and forcing everything in the country to rename itself. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of meetings with the Greek foreign minister recently, and. Uh, Apparently, they are now pushing for, uh, they have more demands from uh, Zaev after being relatively quiet for, since uh, Mitsotakis has been in power. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are now, this is probably uh, something like a quarter of the way there, just to stop registering new companies, uh, organizations, if they have any financial uh, connection with the government. And given the size of our government, that's virtually every... <laughs> that's every human being. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can just... If you even ask for reimbursement of taxes, that then you're on the hook. Well, I guess technically, uh, since everybody's on the uh, the government, the state health system, that's, uh, you know, yeah. your, your, your health care is provided by the government. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? As, as the former President Obama... Said here in the United States, you know, government is the one thing that that unites us all, and uh, <laughs> we look to government because government is our savior and our protector. So, oh God, Th- that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's going to be ugly if they yeah. try to implement it. Then it the next step would be, I guess, to go retroactively, and uh, it would be horrific. And uh, yes, you said there was opposition even from SDSM corners, like. Uh, Renata Diskovska, the 
previous justice minister. Mm -hmm. who's, well, who's you know, and I... is actually a huge supporter of the treaty after uh, being he, he's a for, uh, international law professor. Um, uh, Tony Diskoski, and he was hired by Antonio Milosevsky by the Gryevsky government to go after Greece in this huge lawsuit uh, when Greece violated the interim accord, the 95 treaty, and blocked our uh, NATO membership. So he was on the winning side, on the uh, good side when we were suing Greece and we won. Mm -hmm. And now he is like a total supporter of PRESPA, but his wife is now kind of like resisting Zaev uh, now that she's no longer in the government and is closer, obviously, to the anti-Zaev wing in the party. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I, you know, I go back to this. Uh, there was a meeting in January, late January, between the Greek foreign minister and um, the Macedonian foreign minister in Athens mm. and uh, uh, Nikos uh, Dendias, the uh, Greek foreign minister, said, and this is, I'm a quote here, said, however, more progress is needed. On one hand, on the implementation and consistent use of the name and terminologies by all institutions and private entities, including websites, close quote. Mm. So now, he, that statement from him, the Greek foreign minister, has nothing to do with, you know, money that the government might uh, um, be using to fund private entities, etc. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, tax rebates, things of that nature. It just said all public institutions and private entities, including websites. Now, including websites would mean that, you know, um, you know Macedonia2025.mk, I think it's .com, mm. maybe it's .org, but just as an example, uh, would not be allowed to use that. So that is, on the one hand, that is far and above what PRESPA says. On, on the second hand, as we talked a little bit before we started recording, um, you know, a future government, it's going to have to be a future government, one that's run by the opposition, is just going to say, well, screw you, no. Um, mm. Private entities can do whatever they want. Granted, you get enough lawyers involved in this. You already won once in the International uh, Court of Justice on the whole issue way back when. Um, there's no way that they can demand that the uh, the stamp club uh, of uh, Macedonia... Um, yeah have have the word the n-word in their name and on their website and things like that i mean they're going to demand it yes but whether or not it's it's uh you know implementable legal etc no i don't think it is at all so and it shouldn't be um but it's again it's it going back to what i said earlier it's just yet another attempt by zayev um to deny the macedonians their right to call themselves macedonians uh and to humiliate them and and it's all done i think we need to point out as always that zayev does all this because of his desire to remain in power and for the corruption and graft that he and his family are involved in. Mm -hmm. And at yep. the end of the day, it's that. It's just filthy lucre that he is after, uh, that, uh, he, that, which is why he continues to do all these things. So, um, And again, I think as we talked offline, I think this is, you mentioned this is just kind of the opening salvo in a what's going to be a very long-running fight between Macedonians and the diaspora and the government on this issue. Um, yeah, so the guess... Greeks asked for those signs on the monuments, right. and they were quickly, obviously, painted over. Yep. Uh, they have a problem with uh, adopting several treaties with Macedonia, which were, you know, like mundane stuff, like 
cooperation and border crossing, so stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they can't go through parliament because the Syriza party is pushing the uh, conservative party, the, the ruling conservative party, telling them, okay, now let's do a person-by-person -person vote mm -hmm. uh, and let's have you, let's see you vote in favor of these elements of the Prespa Treaty, which you opposed for so long. Uh, we want you on the record. So this, this, this is stuck in the parliament. And you can sense that uh, the conservatives, uh, the Mitsotakis party is getting angry and now they're lashing out at Zaf. <laughs> and uh, this is the latest thing they got. Yep. Well, yeah. So again, this is another example yet of domestic concerns in one European Union country mm. than um, making demands on another country, in this case, a EU aspirant country. Uh, and, you know, we've seen this really explode in the past 20 years in various EU and non-EU countries, and, I, and it points, I think, and especially given what the EU has been going through just this year alone, and we're not even two full months into 2021, uh, of the problems within the EU, the creaking infrastructure that it is, uh, my point, I think, that, uh, that I don't think the EU will, will survive uh, in its present form. It will either you know, shrink to something much more manageable or uh, become you know, multi-tiered or disintegrate completely. Any one of those is fine with me, by the way. Uh, but what do I yeah. know? I'm an American sitting in the deserts of, of southern Arizona. Uh, <laughs> but again, my, my, you know, I have a principal objection to it all in that it sucks sovereignty out of individual nation states, and, and that's wrong. Um, anyway, um, this, this issue, the whole, uh, registering of associations, businesses, etc., with the name Macedonia leads into the next issue we wanted to touch on, which is the identity cards. Now, you know, we, we, we do this, this podcast, uh, you know, it's a, uh, in, in the English language with you as a Macedonian, me as an American, uh, from a conservative standpoint, and it's good to get the different perspectives and whatnot. Mm. Here in America, we don't have ID cards. Um, yep. you know, we don't. Uh, I know it's a very especially for for voting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other issue, my friend. <laughs> uh, but we don't have these domestic internal ID cards that we have to carry around. That you know, papers, please. Uh, that we yep. have to show the uh, the um, the uh, authorities when they demand them. Um, but you do. I think most European countries mm. do, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And in the past, these ID cards, which are you know look like a credit card, they're plastic, they're laminated, and they got your your name, your birth date, your I guess you have an ID number, something similar to our social security number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now there's a big debate uh, over whether or not to include ethnicity on these cards. So, mm. what's this is a big brouhaha that's just broken out? What what's it all about? Yeah, it's another part of the Prespa Treaty, which was left unclarified. And then, uh, uh, you know, Zayev says one thing and the Greeks say another. And uh, they're about to have a, a clash now. So one of the things the Greeks asked for, apparently, is that we start using uh, uh, North Macedonian passports and identity cards. Mm. And uh, Zayev announced the passports. Uh, and uh, his Albanian coalition partner, Bisa, uh, which, again, every, every partner Zav has in the coalition is key to his survival because right. he only has two members of uh, parliament over the, the, the half of the parliament. 
Yeah, 62 uh, seats so, out of 120. So. Yeah. So BISA with five seats, I think. Uh, they say, okay, but we have a long-standing demand, which we want to use in the coming municipal elections that we finally accomplished, that is to have documents in Macedonia state Albanian. Uh, they say citizenship Macedonian, and it's specifically like written in this way. So you say uh, Macedonian in bold letters, Makedonsko. Right. Um, and uh, Bisa says, no, we wanted to say Albanian. And th this has you know, popped up in the past, uh, and Macedonians were generally opposed to this. And we would say, no, but you're all Macedonians, you know, members of a civic nation of the Republic of Macedonia. And practically nobody would allow this to happen. But now that we Macedonians are so <laughs> hard-pressed in our identity far more than the Albanians, even though we're still in nominally our, our country mm -hmm. of Macedonia. Uh, so now Vumero says, okay, fine, well, yeah, let's have it for everybody and let's let it say Albanian, let it say Jewish for the Jews, let it say Roma, let it say Serb, uh, Turk, whatever, and let it say Macedonian. Mm -hmm. We will have in, in our identity cards the we agree that we have the national identity written there. <laughs> and now Vumero knows that this will expose Zayev and will reveal a huge problem with the Prispa Treaty, mm. uh, where it says uh, that Greece accepts that we are called that we use Macedonian for nationality, but it's immediately clarified like there is a dash, Macedonian dash, citizen of the Republic of North Macedonia. Mm. And now the Zav says this means that Greece accepted that we are Macedonians. And he campaigned very strongly on this. He insisted, right. look, the Greeks, even the Greeks accepted that we are Macedonians and we have it in writing. Where in reality, if you know, read it this objectively, and the Greeks have said so, mm -hmm. uh, they only accepted the use of the term Macedonian with the explanation afterwards oh. for citizenship. Right. Only for citizenship, not for identity. Greeks say that the Greeks uh, in the region of Aegean Macedonia are the actual Macedonians, that we are not. Right. So Vimera says, fine, okay, let's see you put this, let's see you take the, you know, uh, push this to parliament. <laughs> and uh, Zaev is suddenly caught flat-footed. Uh, he's in trouble now. Vumar is practically using this as a way to have either Zaev violates his promise to Bisa mm -hmm. and potentially loses a major coalition partner, or he gets in a major dispute with Greece over uh, his deliberate misinterpretation of the Prespa Treaty, which we all know is uh, false, but, you know, apparently the citizens need to be shown that Zaev lied once again. Right. So what happened is that the Levitsa ran in, this small party, this leftist party, Pasiev's party, mm -hmm. and they say, we, are, we oppose this, and we're blocking this law in parliament with 1,000, 2,000 amendments to, onto the law, and they're practically helping Zaev out of the pickle. Weird. So now the issue becomes now of this growing dispute between Vumero and Levitsa, Vemur is more and more accusing Levitz of working hand-in-glove with Zaev and stealing, uh, taking, you know, Macedonian votes with their populist promises, while in the end, either they will not, whenever we have next elections, they will either uh, not uh, support a Vemur-led government after the elections, uh, or maybe the votes just go down, you know, are lost in the wind, because uh, if it's municipal elections, you know, the first 
the best candidate wins. Uh, there is no proportionate representation for mayors. So Vimura would lose votes to Levitsa, lose mayoral seats, and then, uh, I don't know, Levitsa would be reimbursed by Zayev financially, I suppose. Mm -hmm. This is the hmm. thinking. And in this case, Levitsa is really going full bore on Vimura. Um, at the same time, when the, the Mialkov group, uh, former Vimura officials who are working with Zayev directly through Sasha Mialkov, is also raising its head again, again also attacking Vimera from the right on some issues, even though this group includes people who literally voted for the name change. So yeah, there is a lot of attack on Vimera. Vimera says, okay, this shows we are gaining on Zaf, we are close to toppling the government by splintering his coalition, including with moves such as this on the identity cards. And uh, yeah, there is a big fight with Livica. Livica has picked up this narrative that all the identity cards all have to say Macedonian, uh, no Albanian, no other nation. Otherwise, it will mean that uh, we are de facto federal country and uh, mm. we lose the idea of that we're all Macedonian, members of a Macedonian nation, which uh, by now I don't think anybody believes in this narrative anymore. But yeah, there is a, a lot of several things going on at once on this issue. Yeah, well, you know, and I, as I, as a long-term observer and visitor to Europe, and as somebody of obviously Middle European descent myself, um, I survey the, the various European countries, and obviously there's no single country that is, you know, completely of one ethnicity. Uh, although the Greeks claim that theirs is the only one, that that everybody there is is ethnic Greek with some few variations, which they play. Uh, they play word games and uh, use word salads to try and get around that. But, you know, I think of a country I've visited many, many times and have been going to since 1993, Estonia, which has a large uh, Russian uh, population. Yeah. Uh, they're all Estonian citizens. Uh, actually, there's a, mm. there is, there's a significant number of Russians that still don't have any citizenship. But anyway, that's a, but setting that aside, you know, they're all Estonian citizens. But obviously the Russians in Estonia uh, are, are proud Russians and identify as ethnic Russians. Um, Hungary, my uh, country of ancestry, is mm. is Hungarian, but you know we've got Slovaks there as well, and and uh, Roma and others. Um, Romania next door, which stole part of our land. I'm kidding. Mm. Uh, it was given to them. Uh, you know, has a large. They're all Romanian citizens, but have large uh, ethnic Hungarian population and Slovak and others. So. Um, you know, to my mind, I guess, uh, you know, and I would ask, I would guess, uh, or ask, you know, what, what do other countries in Europe, what, what do they do on their identity cards? Uh, you know, to my mind, it would be, let me ask you this, can you be only citizens of the Republic of Macedonia can get an ID card? Is that correct? Or, or could you be a, um, the equivalent of a green, right, card, a, green card holder? That's a good question. Card? I, I don't know if you can get like a residency yeah. card uh, if you are living in Skopje for a while, I guess. I mean, That's I, David you Skopje. should have more experience in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have anything like this when you lived here for, you know, like uh, no. you had the work permit of some kind? No, No, I think I, I, think I did have a, um, I think I had a uh, work visa. Or a visa. Yeah, I had visa, a work yeah, visa, okay. yeah, obviously. But, uh, yeah. But that's it. So yeah, uh, 
I mean, legally, we are obliged to carry the identity card everywhere we go, and the police has the right to stop us and ask for it. And Which you is... can use this for, you know, in the rare occasion, mm -hmm. the supermarket lady asks for, you know, when you're buying alcohol, if, when I was younger. Sure. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, kids going into concerts, I remember I would be asked, uh, you know, to show the... Sure. And, and, of course, when voting, I mean, we have this weird uh, thing about carrying our papers when voting and, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't and that's how you got Biden, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we do, but then still the Biden administration or the State Department decides who wins anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to go through the extra step of hacking our our uh, electoral commission. But uh, yeah, you, I have it all the time. I mean, well, we all have to carry it. Yeah, well, you know, to use, use an expression from the American South, that dog don't hunt here. Um, doesn't yeah. sit well with us because the idea that I have to, if I'm going to go out for, you know, a jog uh, around the golf course here, uh, mm. I don't want to carry anything with me except my keys. So, you know, the, the idea that, that I should be, I could be stopped and asked for my papers when I'm simply jogging or, you yeah. know, or out for a walk or something like that um, is, is it really grates against us as Americans. But, you know, we're very different, unruly people. Um, born out mm. of um, a um, uh, kind of an anti-authoritarian, um, uh, we had an anti-authoritarian birth, obviously. But uh, all right, well, that's something you guys are going to have to figure out if if uh, you want to continue <laughs> to have these ID cards that the police can demand anytime, anywhere. Um, but uh, we will keep following this issue to find out what happens. Are you Macedonians in your ID cards, or are you citizen of blah, 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 blah? So uh, this is an issue like the previous one we talked about that isn't going away, that just kind of, well, it's it's bubbled up recently because of a variety of issues, but uh, it'll be interesting to follow that. So moving on, let's talk about so-called hate speech. And I want to start, um, I, I just noticed this, this morning, uh, Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, which I'm forced to pay for by my tax dollars, mm -hmm. which isn't worth it, which even Solzhenitsyn 40, writing 40, 45 years ago had problems with them as well uh, because they were far left then. They're yeah. even further left They're now. They're the worst. Yeah, it's a, here's a, a, an article that caught my eye this morning. Homophobic hate speech on the rise in Europe, says new report. And uh, then it says here, the report highlighted Poland where nationalist politicians from the ruling right-wing PIS party have criticized, quote, LGBT ideology, unquote, during election campaigns. So according to this news, I'm using air quotes, news article, uh, because politicians criticized LGBT ideology, that is considered hate speech. And this goes back to, you know, my whole point, which we've talked about many times yeah. before. Somebody give me an objective definition of hate speech, an objective one that you can codify into law that says, these words and these words alone are hate speech. You can't do it. It's all subjective. That's why I called the Bulgarian foreign minister in the open, opening monologue a sour old hag. I did she's it. not old. Sorry? She's not old. I know, she's not old. But, you know, you can't say hag and new. You can't say young and hag. It just doesn't work. So, so. But she is, certainly is sour, that's for sure, because she keeps bringing this up along with Karakachanov, the defense minister, who keep harping on this hate speech, hate speech, hate speech. Well, objectively define it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 
you know, I this is again, this is you know, I'm going off on a rant here, but you know, Europeans aren't really good on free speech anyway. This whole idea of criminalizing Holocaust denial mm. is stupid. Anybody that denies the Holocaust is an idiot. And but but to to criminalize their speech for yeah. saying that is also idiocy as well. The answer to so-called hate speech, the answer to speech that some somebody somewhere might define as hate speech in their own personal life, the answer to that is more speech. It's free speech that says this person is an idiot for saying that. Go ahead and criticize me for calling the foreign minister, this Bulgarian foreign minister, a sour old hag. I don't care. Um, but the idea that the whole idea is that. The foreign minister and the defense minister of Bulgaria are blocking Macedonia from even opening mm. EU accession talks because they claim that the Macedonian government engages in hate speech towards Bulgaria, and that is simply not true. She was very angry this week because uh, uh, you know they promised to bring some vaccines here. It was a big deal for a few days, and then turns out they you know Bulgaria didn't get enough vaccines. <laughs> Uh, or vaccines, as I <laughs> Vaccines. <laughs> then uh, uh, Serbia came out, and uh, because Serbs are playing all sides of the sure. of the equation, and they got uh, Russian vaccines, they got Chinese vaccines, they got Pfizer. Uh, I think they're the second most vaccinated country in Europe at this point. Uh, so practically, they eventually gave Zaf um, a very small package, like four, uh, less than 5,000, like 4,600. I, I, well, I, I remember, I, I saw the, the pictures of it. It was this big van, and in the middle of the van yeah. on the floor was a box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, that was it. The whole, I mean, just from a, just from a PR standpoint, because I do PR, yeah, yeah. that was really dumb. It just looked, yeah, it was bad right. optics. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was glorious. Uh, and uh, everybody's like, okay, now Zaf is a, uh, now Vucic and Serbia is our best friend, and uh, Bulgaria is really sour over this. They had uh, even before it, be it became an issue. You know, Bulgaria raised the issue of Macedonia being too cozy and too friendly and too close to Serbia, and especially after this development. Otherwise, I don't think there was anything new, anything uh, we could add to the, you know. The, like when she went, when they went after my old journalistic nemesis, Zoran Ivanov, when he, he called uh, the foreign minister something much worse uh, than you did. Um, there, there is nothing new at the moment, but uh, uh, practically, you know, she said uh, we can't allow this country uh, to, op to join the EU while elections are won there on hatred toward, toward Bulgaria, and Bulgaria considers hatred toward the country, mentioning the fact that for the most of the Second World War they were on the wrong side and uh, mm. uh, occupied Macedonia. And uh, there are memorials of the fighting between, you know, two partisans shot at five Bulgarian policemen. Uh, uh, somebody got shot, you know, policemen, uh, partisans. And then uh, there is a plaque saying uh, here, you know, partisans so-and-so died in heroic fight with the Bulgarian fascist occupier. And Bulgaria insists that, uh, you know, this is generalized hate speech. You know, obviously hate speech should be, you know, to be considered hate speech. It, we generally consider it if it's targeted toward one person, a direct call for action. This is a historical 
fact. monument from 50, 60 years ago, fact, uh, you know, embellished, of course, you know, we, are, we were not like single-handedly victorious over five German divisions, as we <laughs> like to say in the history books, but uh, still, you know, largely factual. And uh, Zayef responded, uh, well, I won elections, which, you know, lie number one, but I didn't spread hatred against Bulgaria, lie number two, because his party is actually, you know, for decades they dined on this narrative that Vimero is the pro-Bulgarian party. Zayef even hilariously at one point had his shopping mall in Strumica, which burned down <coughs> after New Year, uh, draped with a flag, accusing his opponents uh, for a mayoral election that... Uh, the opponent allegedly had a Bulgarian passport because he would say, like, Vimera people, they all have Bulgarian passports. And he had a sign on the global mall saying, uh, Strumica will not be Blagoevgrad, the city mm. across the border in Bulgaria. <laughs> and now look at him. <laughs> look where, where he is now. <laughs> it's a huge uh, 180. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I, I love it, what's happening to the party. This is why people like Renata Diskovska are turning on Zaev. You know, they, they were really... They invested so much in their families into the notion that they were partisans, they fought Bulgaria, and that their privileges in the country stem from this. And so now to have Zaev come up with this, uh, <laughs> you know, this 180 is really too much for them. Uh, but uh, I don't, I mean, I really don't know what uh, the best answer, and I'll close on this was. Uh, who raised this actually in Bulgaria? Somebody asked them. Um, there is a Serbian guy who made some comments about some Serbian historian uh, of official capacity somewhere, mm -hmm. like a director of some institute of national history or something. And he said, you know, Bulgarian occupation of uh, eastern Serbia, few, two cities in uh, <laughs> southeast Serbia are practically Bulgarian, and uh, Bulgaria took them in uh, World War II. Tsarebrod and Bostilovgrad. Dimitrov got put to me. I'm not sure. And um, he said, you know, this was the cruelest occupation in uh, the war. You know, the Germans, the Croats, nobody did anything like what the Bulgarians did. And now, because Bulgaria is blocking us for hate speech, you know, for the our narrative of history from the Second World War, now they're obliged to do this, to, to do the same to Serbia, which is much bigger, has much greater supporters for EU membership, is much more advanced. So now they might be coming to a head, because you know you just scratch any history book in uh, Serbia, you'll find much worse things than uh, in a Macedonian history book. But so far, and, and not to mention in Greece, I mean, gr part of Greece was occupied by Bulgaria, you know, part of Aegean Macedonia actually. Um, on this issue, I'm neither here or there <laughs> who's the occupier. Um, actually, if anything, you know, I could actually say that Bulgaria was the liberator in this case. Uh, but they did deport the Jews there, so, okay, complicated issue. Right. But, uh, I mean, you can imagine the stuff that says in Bulgaria, in Greek history books, or they have the same plaques uh, stating the Bulgarian fascist occupier, except in Greek. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, this is bound to expand, this this position Bulgaria took. Well, it's, it's, it's bound to expand and it's bound to cause greater problems, as you just alluded to, uh, down the road, especially with Serbia. Um, but um, I'm sure that the uh, 
the wise men and women that run the European Union will uh, help <laughs> to make everything all better. So, <laughs> uh, and then this morning, uh, I uh, my morning at least here, I, as I got up and perused the news, uh, I just noticed that um, uh, there's now a uh, supposedly a uh, an agreement, uh, a new agreement with Bulgaria. Vlado uh, Buchkovsky, the uh, so-called uh, envoy from uh, Zoranzayev. Uh, that's going over there to Bulgaria to make nice, nice. Um, <clears throat> they've announced that there, there's some document or annex or whatever it is you want to call it that's uh, that they're going to agree to next week. But we don't know the contents yet, correct? Yeah, it's still not. Uh, I mean, uh, there is a the, the German ambassador said that we're doing something uh, on this issue, and it's possible that we are getting. Uh, I mean, Zaf and Borisov are getting somewhere. Borisov would like this before the elections, I mean, because, you know, this is why they hated Gruevsky, right. the Greeks and the Bulgarians. He wouldn't budge, and they were made to look stupid before their domestic uh, voters when they would raise an issue with Macedonia, and Macedonia, Macedonia would just say no. But that is why they wouldn't raise the issue again, because, you know, they knew the answer would be no, and uh, they stopped pushing. Mm -hmm. With Zav, they can't stop pushing because the answer is, if, maybe if, even after a while, but the answer will eventually be yes. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's very likely there is something before the elections there. Uh, some kind of addendum to the 27 treaty Zayev signed with Borisov. And, uh, I mean, Bulgarians want stricter treaty, which would provide, like, in six months you need to amend the constitution uh, to say this or that or the other. Uh, in a year, you need to introduce the new history books or abolish history as a class altogether, which Zayf is pushing now. Um, Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Okay, that's we, new to me. This is new to me. He's, he's a... No, we discussed this, no? Well, no, there was the, the uh, idea they... of rolling it all into one course. Well, yeah, so, that's, yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. the thing, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, this is a great excuse yeah. to, uh, you know, to rewrite the history yeah. books and... Uh, uh, give it, uh, you know, give the Bulgarians whatever they want on the issue. So the treaty will be much more precise mm -hmm. because, you know, Bulgarians are angry that after the 27 treaties, I've signed the 2018 Prespa Treaty, which is much more specific, detailed, much more intrusive, uh, provides for constitutional change and uh, strict deadlines, while their treaty is much more wishful thinking and, you know, they have to pressure Zav with the veto to get what they want, um, and uh, it will definitely include some kind of, uh, just like the Prespa Treaty has an explanation that the Macedonian language is a Slavic language, and uh, his, uh, you know, Macedonians, when they say Macedonians, they refer to their culture and tradition, which is not the same as the Hellenic time, something like that. So this will be, the Bulgarians will probably say, okay, listen, now it has to say, uh, this is a nation that was first you know, forged or codified or invented or something in 1944 and before that it was Bulgarians. You were Bulgarians. So something, you know, this is the end point, but it will be something much more nicely put, but, uh, you know, this is what they will ask for. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> um, you know, my, my point is that as you survey the history of the planet, all agreements, all treaties, all annexes, all papers, all whatever, uh, mm. are worth exactly that. Literally, the the papyrus that they're written on, and everything that is done can be undone, 
and uh, you know, especially in the in the in the 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 spirit of the age in which we live, as the world hurdles towards its sad end, um, you know, all of all of these things are just going to keep. Uh, it's just going to continue to get muddled. Uh, you know, nations are going to continue to be angry uh, towards each other. Um, you're going to have stunts like this pulled by Bulgaria and Greece that continue to grow. Uh, you're going to have kowtowing from people like Zoran Zayev towards these countries, etc. All of that's going to continue. Uh, and I guess in stating that, my point is that it, it's, it's up to the Macedonian people uh, in the Republic, in the region, and the diaspora to simply continue to you know, um, devote themselves to one another and to Macedonian history and language and culture and identity and, and, and everything else that makes Macedonia unique, uh, to continue to keep it all alive and to pass it on to the children and the, and the grandchildren and the next generation, etc. cetera, uh, because you certainly can't count on governments anywhere to do the right thing anymore. Uh, so it's up to you know individuals and families and neighborhoods and communities uh, to uh, to do these things, uh, and and in that I trust the Macedonian people. I know I'm sure I've got listeners that'll disagree <laughs> on that on that point, but uh, anyway, we'll continue to follow that subject and and uh, briefly in the the time we have left, um, and we mentioned it just a moment ago. Uh, you did get a box of vaccines there. Uh, sorry, vaccines. <laughs> Uh, donated by uh, by Serbia, have any of them actually been, you know, injected into anybody's arm yet? Or are they just sitting sitting <laughs> in that box still? Uh, they're supposed to start tomorrow, and they said they'll have like hundreds of uh, doctors and nurses uh, will be the first to go uh, who have signed up, and they'll be, uh, you know, the first to have this uh, have the job. But uh, it's only. 4,680 and you know you have to cut it in half because we're not sure when we will get if we will get a Pfizer delivery in what's it like two weeks after the first shot you have to get four weeks the second shot so, so, like 28 days I think, so. okay so literally you know, it's like only 2,000 something people so practically they'll start tomorrow and if uh, you know they keep it up at the speed they promised uh, it will be done by by Friday, I think, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> and that's it. Two thousand five hundred people get vaccinated, and uh, and then we're waiting for the Chinese delivery, which will be much bigger. I don't think you can mix them, right? You can I, take the first shot of Pfizer, and then I I don't know. I'm not a epidemiologist or virologist, <laughs> but I would assume common sense would say you probably shouldn't. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zaev now says even the Russian is okay. I mean, uh, or Filipcho, the healthcare minister. Wow. He said, okay, we, we can even buy the Sputnik now. So they're really throwing in the towel and uh, have completely been abandoned by the, their European and U.S. Uh, uh, handlers. Uh, not a single dose from there. Uh, you <laughs> it's, mean, it's, I, thought NATO, I thought NATO and Macedonia stood shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> yeah, we were like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, complete disaster. Complete, complete disaster on the... On the vaccine front. Well, we're not we're not doing much better here in in the United States as a whole. Um, individual states, you know, West Virginia of all places leads the country in in vaccinations, <laughs> uh, which uh, you know, to the chagrin of many of our uh, East Coast and Left Coast uh, elites, um, which I find hilarious. But um, 
Yeah, you mentioned the Serbs. They're already immune from the moonshine. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned Serbia is one of the leaders in Europe, which I find hilarious as well. Um, but anyway. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll continue to follow that issue as well. Um, anything else for the good of the order? No, I mean, the, how much, uh, how much uh, stupidity can one small country produce in, in a week? Oh, quite a bit, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Depends on your leadership, so... <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even get to Zav's uh, latest uh, sexual remarks. Well, I see. I, I, uh, I, I, I do see that our, our friend, the <laughs> Prime Minister in Slovenia, uh, his government survived the, the vote of no confidence. Oh, so yeah. That's good. Good to, have an, good to have a friend in the region still. So. Before the wave of college revolution sponsored by the State <sighs> Department resumes. Yeah, indeed. All right. Good talking to you, Sven. Yeah, you too, buddy. Take care.